0: This week on the show, Hellraisers win the PGL Minor, Mongols upset Ren- Renegades in Taipei, and G2 signs the X Titan roster. I'm Jack Westerman, joined by Corey Megaman Gilbert, and let's kick things off with the 1.6 frag clip. This week's clip is Sweden versus Ukraine at the 2010 European Nations Championship, where Forrest picks up an ace in the deciding map. Sweden would win the match and the tournament after beating Ukraine for a second time in the Grand Final. Our first story this week is the PGL European Minor, which took place over the weekend of January 29th to 31st in Bucharest, Romania. Now, Mega Man, this was a uh, $50,000 tournament, $30,000 to the first place team. But, of course, more importantly than that, it uh, grants the winning team a spot at the main qualifier for MLG Columbus, which takes place a little later in 2016. So, let's get Group A up on the screen to begin with. So this is uh, the group with Efrag, Penta, CG, and LDLC White, and I think it's fair to say straight off the bat that uh, Efrag kind of dominated this group. They they finished top. It was a comfortable win. They beat the second place team, Penta, sixteen three and sixteen seven in that kind of uh, that that best of three. I think they played. So, kind of run us through this group a little bit, Corey. How how did you see this going? Is this the dominant performance you expected from Efrag?
1: This is pretty much exactly what I figured was going to happen in Group A. Um, EFRAG has found uh, success in the past. 2015 was actually not too terrible of a year for them. They had a number of different tournaments that they uh, placed pretty well in, uh, mm. regardless of the, the stature of the tournament. They got third at the Acer Predator Masters, losing to Hellraisers in that tournament, and ended up winning $7,000 on that one. So a number of different tournaments. This was actually their biggest um, biggest tournament, prize pool that they had actually won so far um, in their uh, stretch as a CSGO team. So I would say that probably Group A ended the way that it was, you know, on paper looking to be. Now Efrag obviously a little bit more dominant in that performance against Penta than was probably expected. Mm -hmm. Um, Would have figured that that BO3 would have been a little closer. Matches maybe a 2-0 for Efrag, but a little bit closer on the score. Uh, 16-3, 16-7. I mean, those are, you said it right, dominant performance.
0: All right, and we should also talk about the two other teams in this group. I mean, we associate Swedes and Frenchmen with being phenomenal at CSGO, but CG and LDLC White just couldn't seem to get through in this group. Um, LDLC lost both of their games. CG only got one map off Penta, I believe, but in the end, it wasn't enough. Is this uh, just not a good tournament for these two teams, or are they not ready for this cal- caliber of play, do you think?
1: Um, well, I would say I was actually a little bit disappointed with LDLC White. Um... They have found success at some of the smaller uh, leagues, smaller tournaments, and stuff that they have played in. Yeah, um, weren't able to get it together in this tournament, and actually, adversely, I know we're talking about Group A, but Group B again, the two Swedish teams that were over there are also uh, out in groups. So, not a very good showing from the from the lower tier Swedish teams uh, or LDLC White in this matter, but um, you know. Probably see them bounce back from this and start to pick up the pace again because LDLC, like I said, they've had success in some of the other uh, avenues that they have gone through at least last year. So definitely see them doing better in the future. But this was a little bit of a disappointing event for those two teams.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, you mentioned Group B, so let's jump over and, and talk about that a little bit. This was the group with uh, the two European teams, the two Swedish teams. Hellraiser's, Pixelfire, Fire, Den D or Den Double D, I'm not sure uh, how you pronounce that. Lemon Dogs. And uh, the first thing we should talk about here is that marathon game between Pixelfire and Den D. So that was, what, 41-38 on Mirage and 16-5 on Train. I mean... <laughs> hell of a Counter-Strike match. I know you've done some research on the longest uh, matches prior to that. Yeah. Uh, but just walk us through that game. Surely that's that's a, a hell, of, hell of a loss for the Swedish roster, right?
1: Man, uh, whichever team came out on the losing end of that, that's just a complete just punch to the morale. I mean, that's just, <laughs> it's, it's really, really rough. It's not very often that you actually get to see a match where the top fragger in the server gets 82 kills. Yep. I mean, that's an absolutely ridiculous performance. I mean, Dead Fox ended up plus 24 at the end of that matchup, and I believe he's the auper for Pixel Fire. And um, all of the comments that I had read about this matchup, you know, even watching it live, Dead Fox was an absolute monster, and Pixel Fire looked really, really good. Then DD, again, they looked great on Mirage. They just couldn't get it done. And one of the things that a lot of people have commented on was the fact that, you know, they had the advantage in this map. They had... You know they were looking really, really good going through in the beginning of this, and then Pixel Fire brought it back, and then it's just this brawl back and <laughs> forth through overtime, back and forth, and back and forth. And Dead Fox and Barbar from Pixel Fire were very, very impressive uh, in this tournament, and they did a sensational job. Plus eighteen for Barbar on that tur- uh, on that match as well, and just really, really crazy stuff. A hundred rounds played in that BO three. That's nuts.
0: Yeah, that's a hell of a stat. The other thing we should talk about, the last thing we should talk about for Group B is uh, Hellraisers. They won the whole group uh, and they're probably the best known team in the group, maybe the whole tournament. Did they play like they were the best known team at this event?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, at least in groups they did. Um, I mean, eventually they ended up going to, to win the whole thing. So mm. obviously they, you know, stayed true to their name. Uh, the other team that I would probably put up there with, you know notoriety between Hellraisers would have been Penta um, Efrag. again has a little bit of notoriety behind them but Hellraisers was definitely probably the favorites to end up taking this whole tournament so uh, seeing them 2-0 in the groups pretty much standard um, and then seeing them move on to the brackets and do well there as well was uh, pretty much what we expected to see out of Hellraisers especially with the way that um, that Oscar and Sticko and those guys have been playing recently
0: Alright, well, last but not least, before we leave this topic, let's go and have a look at the uh, bracket graphic up on screen now. So, uh, yes, as you've alluded to, Hellraisers did go through the whole thing and win out. They beat Penta 2-1 and then Efrag 2-1 in the grand final. Uh, They are, of course, the only team to qualify for the major qualifier out of this event. In your eyes, were any of the other teams worthy of uh, potentially winning a spot at the major here?
1: I would have definitely put Efrag up there. I think that they had themselves a hell of a tournament. Um... You know, again, you can you can look at the the way that everything unfolded. I mean, they ended up going two one against Pixel Fire in the uh, in the bracket or in the group stage. Pardon me, in the bracket stage, yeah, and then losing two one to Hellraisers, the eventual champions of it. So they put up a fight against them as well. Um, Granted, the maps were a little bit topsy turvy when it went into the grand finals. I think it was like sixteen to eleven on the first map, sixteen to six, and then sixteen to six the other way. So it was. A little bit different when you look at the way that the finals unraveled. Um, obviously, pretty strong showing on some of these maps, but it was it was good, and I think Fright can definitely compete. I would like to see more of them, um, being that they are a lesser known team, a lot of people were kind of shocked that they were able to do as well as they did. But they have found success in the past, like I talked about before. But Hellraisers were definitely the favorites. And if you look at the statistics for the grand finals, again, I, I mentioned Sticko and, and Oscar stepping up during this tournament. They were actually plus 17 and plus 16 individually um, in the grand finals. So definitely carrying a brunt to the work. 61 and 44 for Sticko in the finals. Very, very strong performance from him. But adversely, on the other side, Efrag actually had the top fragger in that series, and that was Bubble. So again, on both sides of the spectrum, they had players that stepped up in a big way and uh, definitely shows that E-Frag has potential to compete with some of these other teams. It's just that they weren't able to seal the deal and get it done in the long run.
0: All right, well, let's leave that there. That was the PGL European minor, which took place in Bucharest, Romania. Congratulations once again to Hellraisers who won. And before we move over to topic number two, let's check in with Miss Harvey to see what CS fact she's got for us this week. Thanks, Jack. When Counter-Strike was first released in 1999, there were only four official maps, Siege, Mansion, Weapons Depot, and Prison. Since then, many more have been added to the game. The oldest map that still exists today is CS Assault. It was first released in Beta 1.1 and has been used in every version of Counter-Strike except Condition Zero. The oldest map to be used in every CS game is Militia. That was also designed back in 1999 released in the third beta, and has been used in every version of the game since. So if you feel like running through some of the oldest corridors in Counter-Strike, load up Assault or Militia, and remind yourself what the game used to be like 17 years ago. Thank you very much, Steph. Uh, Corey, are you an Assault fan, a Militia fan at all?
1: Absolutely, man. That's where the, uh, the old pub roots come from back in the 1.5 days. Um, <laughs> The old school days, even even before then, you know, it's it was always fun to play those, uh, you know, being a CT or camping on the roof on assault or picking up the AWP on militia and up and on the outside courtyard and making people mad when they would run out of terrorist spawn. So always fun.
0: Yeah, really pissing people off. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah,
1: of course. <laughs> the old the old pub trolling.
0: All right. Well, our second story this week is IEM Taipei, which took place. Uh, understandably, in Taipei, Taiwan. This was uh, the Asian minor for MLG Columbus Take and took place from January 29th to February 1st. Once again, $30,000 up uh, for the first place prize, but two spots at the Columbus main land qualifier instead of just the one this time around. So we've got Group A on screen. This was the group with CyberZen, Chiefs, Risky and MVP, Carnal, And uh, CyberZen and Chiefs, with the two teams uh, to advance from this group now cyberzen really made a made their mark on this group i think it's fair to say megaman uh, they beat risky 16 10 chiefs 16 4. now i don't know too much about any of these teams other than the fact that risky uh excuse me chiefs is kind of that second place team in australia so how much can you tell us about this group um my knowledge on them is
1: pretty limited myself but i can say that cyberzen was the favorites to actually win the group. Um, They've found success in the past as well. Chiefs, uh, it's my understanding that they actually played this tournament with stand-ins, which was actually quite impressive that they went as far as they did and had such success um, because they weren't playing with their regular starting five, which is uh, a testament to the the players and also the stand-ins that they had. Um, One player to note, uh, Top Gun. Was yeah. very impressive in this tournament, um, and I know that the the fellows on Renegades, the old chaps on Renegades, were very very proud of the way that Chiefs had uh, performed in this tournament. Which was really nice to see the camaraderie between the teams from the same region. So really really nice to see that. But Cyberzine was definitely probably the the top pick to to do well in Group A mm. um, and make it out of the, the the group play in the top spot. So. Pretty much, again, uh, just like at the, the Bucharest PGL tournament, the, this group went pretty much according to plan. Um, no real surprises there. The only thing that I would say is maybe CyberZen's win 16-4 over Chiefs was a little bit of a surprise, being that it was so one-sided. But um, again, I think that this this pretty much went to code.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Top Gun, just on that point, he's a long-time CS player, right? He's—I remember him playing for Sydney Underground back in the CGS days, which was 2007 yeah. or so, right? So yeah, long-time CS player. Right. And well, uh, somebody sorry.
1: who people would pick to play on their rugby team, I believe.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, certainly yeah. A, a big enough guy. Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, well, uh, the other question I have, just while we're on Group A or this this whole tournament in general. Uh, Having watched it, what do you think the overall level of play was? Because it's been a while since we really kind of dipped into the Asian scene and saw what those guys were capable of in CS:GO.
1: It was great. Um,
0: This whole tournament
1: was really eye-opening to a lot of people who hadn't really seen Eastern Counter Strike in a very, very long time. You know, back all the way into the days of you know familiar name Tyloo, as well as like your lunatic high way back when in the 1.6 days, very, very successful team in 1.6. Uh, and we haven't really had that Asian presence in uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. So it was really, really great to see these teams competing. And, you know, the the whole hashtag Asia has kind of started to come to fruition, which is a really, really awesome thing to see because we want this to be, it's called Global Offensive for a reason. We want it to be global. And to start <laughs> seeing these teams actually be able to compete over here in Asia is is fantastic, absolutely fantastic.
0: Absolutely, completely agreed, and well, you mentioned Renegades and Lu there, so let's jump over and take a look at Group B. This was the group, of course, with Mongols, Renegades, Lu, and Eats You Alive, which uh, is a team name I definitely like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this group, Renegades, I guess, was probably the favorite for most people here, right? They're the Australian yeah. team. They've played in majors before. Everyone's very familiar with them. Uh, but they came straight out of the gate and lost to Mongols in their, their first match against them, 16-13, which was, of course, a sign of things to come. Uh, again, run us through this group. What can you tell us about any of these these rosters here?
1: Um, well, there's there's two big mixed feelings in this group. There's the joy of seeing a team like the Mongols come out of nowhere and have an absolutely great tournament. Um, and then there's also the disappointment from the side of Renegades and Tyloo. Um, Tyloo being kind of what took the story of the first day or, that, or of that group, being that they were disqualified for having a player on their team that had a previous VAC ban on their, uh, on their record, which is yeah. very, very disappointing mm-hmm. um, to see. Because Tyloo, uh, again, like we talked about previously, was one of those teams from back in the day that has a lot of... Um, there, there's a lot of accomplishment associated with that name. And to see them go down in groups, not even with a loss to any of the teams, to go out in groups by reason of disqualification was really, really shocking and really disappointing to see. Um, But then you talk about Renegades losing 16-13 to Mongols, again, a team that nobody really knew too terribly much about going into this tournament. That's a great win for Mongols, and that is a devastating loss for Renegades. I mean, it was close, yes, but Renegades is supposed to be this team that's supposed to come in and just completely mop up, qualify for the, for the major qualifier, and be good to go. And there's this brick wall called the Mongols in front of them, <laughs> and there wasn't anything that they could do to get past this team. And it was fantastic to see if you're a fan of up-and-coming teams because this was a great opportunity to see that.
0: Okay, well, that was uh, CyberZen, Chiefs, and Mongols of Renegades who advanced from Group A and Group B. So if we jump over now to have a look at the brackets, uh, the matchups in the first round were Chiefs, Mongols, CyberZen, and Renegades. Renegades advance, Mongols advance, and then, of course, Mongols got the win in the grand final. And uh, much like the first game those two teams played, it was kind of a blowout. I mean, Renegades lost 16-9 and then 16-2 on the second uh, map. They've... (sighs) Renegades have been known for losing their cool in the past. Do you think at any point in this game they kind of mentally checked out and there was that kind of internal strife we've seen at previous tournaments?
1: Well, that's the thing. Renegades, is they've been vocal in the past and they've been known to tilt. And that's pretty much what happened in this matchup. Um, (laughs) you, You can't really make too much of an argument. They were never really in it, you know. And it's really really tough for a team you know we saw it with that big overtime mm. uh in the past where it's really hard to recover from that and case in point in this one you know they they lost to mongols in the groups and then they get 2 0 by that same team in the grand finals and it's just really really difficult to to keep the hype up with renegades because you know you see them tilt and then it's just a wash from there And it's tough, but let's not take anything away from Mongols either. And watching those matches, the the crazy thing about it was there wasn't really anything absurdly special about the way that Mongols played. They just out-aimed Renegades pretty much everywhere the entirety of the time. And that finals series actually ended up with the top four. Yeah, I said top four players on Mongols. (laughs) Not, Not all five of them. Sadly, NCL was a little bit behind. But from first to fourth, as far as the frag distribution was, con- was concerned, five kills separated the four players on Mongols. That's impressive. That's really impressive that they were all that close in such a dominating performance. So it wasn't just like one person went off. The whole team went off. And um, one person to talk about, I know that, uh, that these guys were, were hyping them up at the, at the land and everything like that, but Machine gun. Mm. What a tournament from this guy. He yeah. was an absolute monster the entire tournament. Um, but that's not to take anything away from anybody else. Zulkenberg had a fantastic tournament as well. Sugu was very, very consistent as well. Um, and these guys, they just came in and they're like, hey, we're here. Let's do this. <laughs> and they end up walking away $30,000 richer and with a spot at the MLG qualifier. It's fantastic. I love seeing stuff like this. It's a great story. It's a great story.
0: Last but not least, I've got some quickfire questions for you, Mega Man. So, quick as you can, walk me through the following news stories from the week. First of all, G2 have signed the X titan roster.
1: This is great. I love this because, um, you know, obviously those players needed a place to go. G2 has got a lot of uh, kind of fame behind them now with uh, the previous roster that they had. Um, and it's really, really great seeing these guys because they're good people and good people deserve an opportunity so they get a great chance to continue to compete with g2 um they're going to be able to go to a lot of tournaments with the backing the financial backing of g2 and everything like that so really really good for them really good for the scene to be able to keep these players alive and and fighting
0: that's it for this week i'm jack westerman joined by Corey megaman gilbert and
1: we'll be back next week with another episode of pop flash